you ever you ever been scared that someone's looking at you through your camera, a government agent? I mean, I think, you know, with the modern world, we've all kind of learned to adapt to that, but it still keeps me up at night quite a bit, yes. Well, guess what? If you want to prioritize your safety on the internet, we'll look no further than ExpressVPN, which is sponsoring today's episode of Catching Up With Ben. Really? Really, Mike. Really, Mike? It's crazy. And we've got a exclusive three-month free package to offer you guys with your own exclusive Ben Affleck link. Exclusive, guys. You're only going to find it here. None of those other podcasts. Just catching up with Ben. It has the real personal touch that we see in Ben Affleck's very discography. You know, the same kind of love and care he's bringing to his craft. We're bringing to ours as we talk about him. In his entire career. So, guys, ExpressVPN, that's T R Y E X P R E S S V P N dot com slash Ben Affleck for three months for a one year package. Guys, take this up. Do it because we told you to. Do it. And we know what's best for you. Do it. Do it. Mike, and for us, Ben Affleck fans, if you want to change your IP address, you can watch different content from different Netflix libraries all across the country. For example, today's episode is Goodwill Hunting. You know where I watched Goodwill Hunting? On Netflix in Canada, because I have ExpressVPN. Thanks, ExpressVPN. And the Oscar goes to Ben Affleck. You know what the best part of my day is? I know. Let me be very clear. I am the luckiest guy in the world. Get the fuck out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Catching Up with Ben. I'm your host, Joshua Maddock. Joined by me, as always, is my co-host, Mike Kelly. Mike, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm relieved, Josh. I'm very relieved. As we've stated very outspokenly, these past few movies have been just god-awful by all means, really just weakening my faith in humanity and the future of cinema. But hey, we got Goodwill Hunting. You've all seen it. And to talk about it with us, we have our own special guest, Katie Ryan. Katie, how's it going? Hello. It's going well. Ah, thank you. Thank you for the applause. Thank you so much for being on with us. Uh, I guess right off the bat, what, were, what are your thoughts on Goodwill Hunting? You know, um, before I watched it, I had forgotten that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were actually the writers of it. So it took about five minutes from when those opening scrolls hit, and I found out that they were indeed the writers for me to recover from relearning that information. Um, but I really love Goodwill Hunting. You know, it's cheesy, but it's cheese that you love to eat. Um, I feel like a lot of the movie is very contingent upon Matt Damon and Robin Williams dynamic, and I think they sell it extremely well. There's a lot of good setup and payoff, and I think it's also like Matt Damon is a very unique protagonist and starts out in a very interesting way. I love the class consciousness in it. I'm a big fan of this movie, Mike. And Josh? 
I well, my, like Mike said, uh, the past few weeks have been uh, hell. Uh, they've they've been awful. I think going all the way was like the peak of like I start. I I don't think I was yeah, questioning if we should do this just, or not, but it's hard. Yeah, I had. I, I don't know which the worst one we've seen, but the past few have been very yeah. Uh, but you are right. Revisiting this was uh, man. It it I, it ended, and I was like that just. It felt so good to watch a good movie. And yeah, from beginning yeah. to end, this movie, it doesn't... You said it feels cheesy. I was actually going to say this, more than anything we've watched, like the dialogue, the characters, they all like feel like they exist in a world that feels relatable and real. Like I... The characters... Uh, like the story, I guess, is a bit uh, cheesy. But yeah, like... It was nice to see what felt like real people feeling real emotions. Oh, 100%. Well, we also got to keep in mind, you know, this is this has been Affleck's first go-around. Because, honestly, the past few movies, I've been like, okay, Ben Affleck, he's just bad in these. Like, honestly, like, some of the movies, he's the reason they're so bad. But he got his chance to sign. He met some pretty powerful people in Hollywood. We'll get into that later. But, hey, they gave him a shot, and he, you know, you write what you know, and I guess writing about just a prodigy who looks like Matt Damon from Boston, his hometown, he never shuts up about it. I mean, he knew, he really knew what he was talking about, and he, again, he and Matt Damon, they just knocked it out of the park, and we haven't even, we haven't even gotten into Robin Williams yet, but, yeah, there's just... So much done so well. Before we begin, Katie, I want to ask you, what is, I know you have a history with Boston. I do, yes. Yes, um, and I know you, I, I want to know your history with Boston, and I also want to know uh, your history with Ben Affleck. Uh, do you have any favorite films by him? Definitely. So I'll, I'll begin with the Boston question. Uh, so my dad is from Boston, and kind of that entire side of the family, even though in the past like five to ten years they've all moved away from Boston, they're very centralized in the Boston area. Um, and I think most of my understanding of Boston comes from my grandmother, who's lived there her entire life. Mike, you know this grandmother, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, and oh, then, yeah. so. Oh, yeah. What I find most interesting about Boston is, first of all, um, how racist of a city it is, which we don't have to get into right now, but I could. Um, and also, I think something this movie nails is this, like, there's always an underlying sense of aggression that's so inherent to the city of Boston. Um, and when you're not verbally aggressive, you're physically aggressive. Um, and the two things don't often coexist. I think one of my favorite lines in the movie from a Boston standpoint is right before uh, Matt Damon punches one guy in the face. He's like, oh, hey, I'm Will. You, we knew each other from kindergarten. And then, bam, knocks him out. And just that idea of, like, the people you're meanest to to their face, you're nicest to behind their back. The people you're nicest to in your face, you're meanest to behind your back. So there's just this, like, aggression that's so inherent to both the south part of Boston, which is its own <laughs> enigma, and just Boston as a whole. So that's, um, and that's my connection with Boston, just having a lot of family from there. And uh, my connection with Ben Affleck, uh, I feel like my biggest connection with him is through the memes, of course. Ah, yes. uh, especially uh, my favorite one, I use it a lot in text messages, is the one with a cigarette in hand looking yes. out I know, over uh, his it's, balcony. Uh, you know, oh, I know exactly what photo right you're there. talking about, too. Like that's the, it, I think that's the issue now, is that I know exactly what <laughs> one photo. <laughs> 
you're talking about. Well, that's kind of why we talked about this, you know, because again, I mean, this is his first real boost in the Hollywood elite. This is his way in, but you know, nowadays, and you know, we're finally getting into his all his huge defining roles and just how where he is, you know, in pop culture and just everything he's been attached to in his public and private life out in the open. And we're starting to get to that phase of Ben Affleck, which you're all so excited about to get into. I know we're excited to get into it because Ben Affleck, once again, we'd love to have you on the show. We're huge fans of your work. Kevin Smith, we're huge fans of the show. We'd love to have you. (laughs) Matt Damon, if you're not too busy, stop by. Yeah. Matt Damon, I'm catching up with Ben. Get it trending. Well, before we go into the episode, I... You have mentioned, uh, I, well, I was looking at the Blu-ray earlier, and it said on the back, it was, uh, the, first of all, this movie was nominated for nine Academy Awards, which is ridiculous. Just, that's so, that's so awesome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was written by Matt Damon. He, uh, it, it was, he came up with the concept. Uh, he wrote it as an assignment at Harvard, um, and it was like about a 40-minute play, and then he had Ben Affleck, his, uh, his good buddy, Matt Damon, by the way. Um, I don't know if we mentioned this in every episode, but he's been in pretty much every film in the background. Like, I don't know why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he's always there. He's just there. But he's he, he's he's always been there. Um, but yeah, during during Chasing Amy, uh, during Mallrats, they were writing Goodwill Hunting, uh, which I think this is the first episode where we will also get into Ben Affleck's strengths as a writer compared to his strengths as an actor. Uh, this movie is very wonderfully written, and they, of course, won. It got Ben his first Oscar. Can I? Can we just? Can we just have an applause for that? Ben Affleck and the Oscar yeah, goes to ben 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 and, Matt, and Matt Damon, I guess. But but Ben, but Ben Affleck, yeah, Ben. Come on, this is Ben's show. This is catching up with Matt. This is catching up with Ben. But basically, they were they were selling this script around. This is like a. I don't know, there's a whole lot of history to this, but they were selling the script around and a bunch of companies uh, were passing on it. Um, but the way that they chose Miramax, I don't know if either of you have heard this story, but the way that they chose Miramax is uh, they went into a meeting with uh, Bob and Harvey Weinstein and the two of them were like, hey, uh, we don't have to start. They were like, hey, we uh, we love the film. Uh, we think it's a great, great idea, great concept. But there's this one scene in there that's really, really strange. And they were like, why do the two male leads start having sex for like five minutes in the middle of the script? And they were like, we've sold this. We have tried to have this screenplay read by so many production companies. And you are the only company that clearly read it from beginning to end and noticed that sex scene. And that's how they chose Miramax, which again... It's just awesome. That's like an awesome story, I think. And it just shows that they clearly were passionate about making this with the right people, you know, the right studio. They wanted Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio as the main roles. And I think they took, a, you know, a pay uh, decrease just so they could have, you know, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. So, yeah, this movie is it's it's ripe with. Well, you know, I just think it's funny because, you know, obviously going back to this being Ben's big break and. I mean, I was starting this podcast. I was always wondering how we're going to see that evolution of him starting out. And just from the movies, honestly, you don't really see it. We got a couple good movies, some really bad movies, then bam, Goodwill Hunting. Like, where the where did that come from? But uh, I mean, 
is this his first outlet as a writer? Because nothing we watched has had his name to that screenplay. But well, the closest I thing mean, that's come to writing is uh, he was on. He was kind of on board with chasing Amy from the beginning, and he was shown the script. And you know, when the character changed, uh, Ben Affleck knew. So he was kind of brought in from the beginning. And we mentioned on the Days and Confused episode. You know, he kind of saw. We we've kind of talked about how he's he's seen the filmmaking process, so I think that helped a great deal. But no, this is his first first writing project, which is impressive, I think. But do we want to get into the plot? Yeah, uh, Katie Ryan, what happens in Goodwill Hunting? Yeah, by so Ben Affleck. Yes, so you got a janitor who is not Ben Affleck, unfortunately, um, but is very good friends with Ben Affleck. Uh, he's from the south of Boston, he works at Harvard, and he solves uh, one of the math problems that the professor who won the Fields Medal, a very prestigious medal in mathematics, uh, put up to challenge his students. Uh, he solves another one, the professor takes notice, and he kind of gets roped into this world of complex mathematics. And so while he gets roped in, he also is assigned many therapists, but ends up sticking with Robin Williams. And then so the rest of the film is kind of, uh, it's very much a character-driven story, and it's very much about um, Will Hunting, good Will Hunting, uh, discovering himself and what he wants to do. Um, There's also a big romance plot, uh, which is kind of like a mirror of Robin Williams. Kind of presented almost like a mirror as that. And at the end of the story, he discovers that he doesn't want to get roped into this complex world of mathematics. He wants to be in love, so he goes and uh, runs off with some motivation. Uh, oh, he gets some motivation from Ben Affleck. I gotta mention the Ben Affleck moments. Um, and then he decides to run off to be with his love at the end of the story. It's very heartwarming. Yeah, you mentioned Ben Affleck. I From the get-go, we got Boston... The Boston Boys. You got Casey. You got Ben. You got Matt, and then other guy. The other um, guy but those yeah. are those are the three big ones, uh, and they are about as Boston as you come. It seems like. Oh yes. They're driving Bites, around looking. Loggers, yeah, looking chips. for trouble. I will say you mentioned the aggressiveness of Boston. I mean, we come from a city that's severely misunderstood. Uh, shout out to Memphis, Tennessee, um, but. We, I feel like Boston and Detroit are the two cities that have like the most like yucky look to them from the way that movies portray them. Like they are just portrayed as like you're gonna get killed if you go to either of these two places. That's, That's what Ben what Affleck end- wants you to think, but yeah, I mean, again, you're right with you know, and Ben Affleck, he knows his Boston. I mean, you have so many stories of just his love permeating through other movies. We'll get to it eventually, but I heard for. When he was filming Gone Girl with David Fincher, David Fincher wanted him to wear a New York Nets hat and Ben Aff- for a scene, and Ben Affleck absolutely refused, and he put the whole film on like halted production for like days because he wouldn't. Now he can't go I, against Boston like that. He I don't to his believe the whole. I don't believe the whole production shutdown. I think that's I. I've heard that story. I feel uh-huh. like they're. I feel like they're. You know. They're putting, yeah, they're exaggerating just a little bit, I bet. Just for, you know, for fun. Boy, but, man. Yeah, uh, this is, we start off, it, I don't know, just a great introduction to all the characters. Uh, and that, that first restaurant scene uh, where he schools the other, uh, the student is just, it's a great scene. 
That's something I think is very positive about Boston, about, like, this underlying sense of, like, loyalty among the friends. Uh, like, oh, you're embarrassing my friend. Um, and just, like, that tight bond, tight connection. The you're my best friend, you know what the best part of my day is speech. There's this very much underlying sense of, like, love for the city and love for each other that's really prominent in this friend group. And I think that's a really special aspect to the movie, too, that reflects a sort of Bostonian culture. And I get that even from Casey Affleck, who is shown to be, you know, the, I think like the comedy relief of the group, who's like kind of like, they're always making jokes about him, but, you know, they're like loyal to each other. You're right. And that's yeah. a, it's a great, it's a great friendship. Um, and then we get introduced to uh, this, the other section of the film, uh, which is uh, first Stellan Skarsgård, um, who, uh, great in this film he's always great as the uh the teacher and uh he's he puts this math equation on the board and is like you need someone needs to needs to solve this and who who do you think who do you think solves that one not goodwill hunting <laughs> surely it's the titular role of goodwill hunting uh yes oh, and coming. it turns out he's wicked smart um uh, so he's yeah doing all these the whole, the whole plot of this movie but yeah i love I think this is the first film I saw with Stellan Skarsgård that wasn't um, Thor. So I was—I remember very much enjoying this, and I was like, maybe I should go watch this guy's other films, and I did. So yeah, he's great in this film, and he—he he has such a—I feel like he has such a genuine like frustration with Will. Like I don't. Did you guys get the sense that he really wants him as like someone who he wants to use him for his? Intelligence, or do you think he wants to like oh, use it's him to make it an ego thing? All those, yeah. all of his friends are just like that, and I mean, he gets caught on his bullshit by Robin Williams, who we haven't even gotten into yet. And do we want to start? You know, he's arguably the heart of this movie. Him and yeah, Matt, I guess but, we should. I guess we should go ahead and introduce Robin Williams. The, the Robin. First of all, I want to go around the room. I'm sure. I'd be shocked if either of you said you didn't like Robin Williams, but is there a favorite Robin Williams you have? Let's start with Katie. What a question. Asked me this last um, night. For some reason, the movie, and I haven't seen this in so many years, but for some reason, the movie that my mind is just screaming at me right now is The Hook. Oh my god, yes! Yeah. Hook is incredible. I love Hook. I haven't That's seen fair. it in like a decade, though, so I feel like I should watch it tonight to get my Robin Williams Hook film. I've always Robin. thought Hook is underrated. People, people dog on it a lot, but I think it is like... Also, Dustin Hoffman as... Captain Hook is one of, like, you talk about, like, he's right up there with J.K. Simmons as, like, uh, J. Jonah Jameson in terms of, like, perfect portrayals. I think I'm going to have to go with Aladdin. I mean, he is the genie. He made the role. You know, he's, <laughs> once he shows up, it's like the rest of the movie is like, okay, why isn't he on screen? You know, he just, once once Robin Williams' voice appears, it's like he just commands the whole just the whole movie. I only saw Aladdin like a couple of years ago, but it's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. He's the remake with Will Smith was really off putting. Yeah. No blue. Will Smith is a close second, but unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) I, I would really Uh, recommend you guys. If you haven't seen it, uh, I would really recommend the Fisher King directed by Terry Gilliam. Uh, I think that was one of the first movies I saw with Robin Williams where I was like, uh, just, it was one of his, the first dramatic roles I saw by him. Um, and yeah, he, 
he's one of the great actors because he can do both so well. And my, I remember my mother always told me she was like a good actor is like someone who can like, like Brian Cranston is a good actor because he can do like Malcolm in the middle and play like the goofiest kind of dad ever. And then he can do something like breaking bad and play like the polar opposite role. And I think Robin Williams is one of those actors who, when he does comedy, it's like he, his energy level is off the chain insane great and yet when he does dramatic roles like this like everything is like kind of inward like the scene where he's talking to matt damon on the bench everything is like he's having to like pull all that stuff out of him which is just i don't know it shows you another side of him that i really 100 really but he still has those comedic bits you know and those are all improvised and it, it just works so well like all of his little moments with matt damon and they're both just laughing their asses off and you know it's just him ad-libbing, so it's genuine. It's not a script. It's just they just let Robin Williams do his thing, and naturally he kills it at that. And a lot of times what makes a great comic these insanely good actors are there's a common underline, and it's their sense of genuine genuity. There's a word there that I'm there's, thinking It's somewhere. Of. Yeah, uh, genuineness. I know that's not a word, but I'll pretend it was. Um, and that's what makes them a great comic, because the most earnest comics are the funniest comics, uh, with their dedication to the bits. And the earnestness is what makes him a good actor. Like, when he's talking about his wife in this film, you feel it. You believe that all the things that he's saying and that those are events from his life because of the earnesty that he approaches the role. No, I don't know. This is definitely the first movie uh, that we've watched for this podcast that made me feel something. Um, that was really nice to have genuine emotion um, and not want to die. But yeah, like every scene with Robin Williams was like when he's telling him, like, you don't understand the world. Like right after uh, the first scene they have together is wonderful. He's been through so many therapists, like you said. And then he finally gets to uh, Robin Williams, who is just like, a completely different kind of energy with him um and yeah robin williams is just he just commands the screen in this film even like the moments where he's uh in the first scene matt damon uh criticizes his painting and then uh insults his wife and then he they have a moment together and we just get to see robin williams just like he doesn't take any bullshit he's just <laughs> but he's like, like even after that he's like right taking there. Yeah, he's, like, taking it all in after that, too. Like, he doesn't – he lets out that – he shows him that he's he's not going to fuck around with, you know, that kind of treatment. But also, I don't know. Like, he, he has more to him. I, I don't even know, like, how to say it. But just Robin Williams always looks like he has more going for him than, like, he wants to show. Again, like, it's very, like, inward. Like, I don't know. It's just a – it's a hard performance to even kind of, like, wrap your head around. It's really multi-layered. He doesn't miss. He was nominated for an Academy Award. He won an Academy Award for this. Oscar goes to Robin Williams. Yes. uh, Hell yeah. Thank thank God he did. Um, Although I would say he should have won an Oscar for Flubber, but, um, you know. (laughs) Is that the same year as this? Can you imagine if that was the same year as this? I don't think it was, but what a... That look again, acting right there, doing friggin' flubber, and then walking over to the other set and you know pouring your heart out into a role like this. But yeah, the main, I one of the main dynamic, I guess that would be the main dynamic of the story is Matt Damon and Robin Williams, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. 100%. They're on the poster. It's them having a laugh. You see it in all the promotional stuff. They're just being pals and whatnot. But, I mean, there's just so much alike. And it's never like a, whoa, you're like me. You're like, it's just so it's just so organic, you know. Just how they both learn about each other. How Robin Williams just shuts down all of his bullshit. But Matt Damon still calls Robin Williams out for his bullshit. And it's just, again, it's just so well. Like, I didn't. I missed the opening credits, and I didn't even know Ben Affleck wrote this, but the whole, I was like, this just feels so real. Like, this is how real people talk. Like, where was this in Mallrats, That's ben? okay, yeah. Where that's was what this I mean. level like, of I, didn't, I never in this movie felt like anyone was, like, reading a script. Uh, and I loved, no. Gus Van Sant frames these conversation scenes, like, uh, he shows one side of Matt Damon, and then Robin Williams asks him the question, and the camera shifts over to the other side of him, and he, I don't know, you kind of, like, see their minds working to come up with their next thought. It's not just, oh, I have to read this next page of the script. Uh, and, and it never felt like Mallrats, which was just, again, the the worst, just my my brain like it's melted bad. when I was watching it. Like I, I, I hurt to just think of who wrote that film. And like, yeah, with this, it was, everything never felt, you know, genuine. You're right. It just everything feels genuine. Well, again, lots. Obviously, this movie has a lot going for it. All of that's irrelevant, of course, as always, because we are here for one purpose, and that is to discuss performance, the gravitas, and the craft of actor, personality, Batman, filmmaker, and now writer, now writer, prodigy, king, Saint Ben Affleck. Katie, what did you think of Ben Affleck's, I guess, you know, his performance and his, what did you think of just his role in general in Goodwill Hunting, just the movie itself and behind the scenes? Um, I think Ben Affleck's role is wonderful. I love how uh, his role really has uh, many, many parts to play in this film. He provides some uh, Bostonian ambiance. I think I would call it, um, and that his character is very true to, like, the Boston experience. Uh, he uh, has a great moment of setup and payoff with the, like, walking up to the door and seeing that he's not there. Uh, some great motivational speeches. I think my very favorite Ben Affleck moment is uh, not the, you know what the best part of my day is, but actually that story when they're in the bar with Matt Damon's girlfriend. Um, and he's telling that story about the state trooper and the uncle and the car trade-off. because uh, That's a great bit. I felt like I was uh, watching at the same time both that character and Ben Affleck, which was really a joy. Yeah, Ben Affleck, uh, can, you can tell he comes from a place of... Uh, like he. They talk a lot about uh, Irish Catholics in this and like the family lineage in Boston, and it feels... I think he took uh, what he learned from his past projects and kind of put it into this, into terms of like I feel like he was telling a story that he, you know, he could relate to and he could uh, he could understand and identify with. And yeah, there's that classic scene where he's like, I just don't, I don't want to see you at your house. And he's like, he's he's given that. That was one of the scenes I remembered from this. But yeah, even like the scene in the bar, like when he goes, at, okay. It was so nice to see Ben Affleck approach a woman and it not be super creepy and like, like forced. He he genuinely approached the women at the bar and was in curious in meeting them and having a conversation with them. Uh, so yeah, he wasn't playing 
a despicable, awful person, which was so so nice. Oh, so nice. Yeah, he was the past few. He was kind of the same person, and just the same woman. Like, hey, you know, I don't. He's never in Boston in his other movies, has he? Just been a guy. He's just he's been, just the, been he's, the guy's guy. So, like you again, know? in Mallrats, he was like the new boyfriend. In um, uh, Buffy, he wasn't anything. In Dazed and Confused, he was a, a okay. He was a bully, basketball player number ten. First of all, <laughs> don't get it twisted, Josh. And and then I can't going think of a all the way, he was debut role. He that was really insane. I don't even know what he was, was doing come for Ben Affleck. But yeah, it was nice to see uh, Ben Affleck in a role where it suited his his personality. It suited his uh, his, his best attributes, and um, yeah, you can tell he genuinely. I think it also works that him and Matt Damon are friends because in those scenes there's a real there's like a dynamic connection between them. Whenever you it's it's usually when you're in a scene with someone who you can connect with like that, who you have like a personal relationship, it's sometimes even like like again, like if if the script isn't any good, just those two together form like a close connection in that scene um and throughout the whole movie. So yeah, it's really just again believable, genuine. Thanks Ben. Thanks Ben Affleck. He's never going away. And actually, we got a brand new segment wait, today. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Mike, Mike, Mike. Don't we got to give our star ratings for Ben? Do we want to rate it then, do Mike's Minute? Yeah. Katie May, if you had to rate just Ben Affleck's performance in this film. If I had to rate just Ben Affleck's performance, I'm going to give it a five out of five. <sighs> I thought it was an incredible performance, true to life, iconic, fit the movie well. Five out of five. I'm gonna second that. Five out of five. I, you know what? Five out of five. He's so like I. Job, I don't ben. really have any issues with this movie. Like I really, from beginning to end, I was like, I like this. And yeah, he is. He's great in it. Five out of five for Mr. Ben Affleck. But I'm so excited, Mike. T- take us into our next segment. So guys, you know our boy Ben. He's always lurking around the streets of L.A., always on our phones, always in the news. And this week we got another segment of. Mike's but today, all right, for Mike's Minute, we got a he- headline from Yahoo Life. Actually, no, we have a headline from Cosmopolitan. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck are still having fun together. In case you were wondering, guys, as we mentioned before, Benifer is back full swing. Obviously, the Geely days are here. You know, they were engaged from 2002 to 2004. They called it off. He married Jennifer Garner. He stopped that. They did it in an armist. He stopped that. And he was on Raya with that TikTok influencer. We're over that, guys. He is back with fellow actress, actor, actress, superstar, just all-around performer Jennifer Lopez. Guys, how do we feel about this yeah, Katie, with the what new Benefer? What are your thoughts 2021? on Benefer? Um, I, it's a relationship that excites me. They both have very different energies and I feel like they, uh, occupy such different places in the pop culture iconography, um, that I, I think it's kind of exciting because it doesn't feel, it feels both insanely manufactured and not manufactured at all because of how different they are, um, so I'm always excited whenever I see those names together in the news. I'm glad you said that because they do have really different energies, it seems mm-hmm. like. It's a very – that's a Hollywood relationship right there. Apparently, she kept 
her $2.1 million pink diamond ring wow. that Ben gave her. But, I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I, like, can you imagine selling that? And then Ben's like, what'd you, what'd you do with that million dollar ring I gave you? Oh, set up pawns shop gone. downtown right now <laughs> and he's like oh yeah i mean but hey who knows yeah. maybe it'll maybe it'll maybe it'll make your way back on jayla's finger one day here's hoping well hey oh, well, right again happened. we're in terms of our movie lineage we're in 1997 right now and he's dating gwyneth paltrow in terms of our modern day he might be back with jennifer so let me just say 1997 to 2021 I'm gonna go with Benifer. I don't. I I like that more than Paltrow. Like I I think that's a better it's a better I'll fit. Stand by that. Better fit comparing these two things that should not be compared at all. But I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Guys, as always, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Catching Up with Ben, and thank you to our guest Katie May Ryan for being on. We thank had a, such a fun time this. Yeah. It's been an honor. Yeah. You are you have the lucky honor of being on the first episode for a good Ben Affleck film. That's not true. We talked about Dazed and Confused, but that feels like it was so long ago. The first in a while. It feels like it was so long ago that we watched a good movie. And yeah, um Goodwill Hunting was certainly great. Again, we don't even really have to talk about it that much because you should just go watch this movie. And if you have an Express VPN, you can hop over to Canada and switch on your Netflix and watch it on Netflix. But, you know, we already talked about Express VPN at the beginning of the show. You did that part. But anyways, thank you, Katie May, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Mike, next week... I gotta look. Next week, we are talking about Phantoms. A horror sci-fi film starring Peter O'Toole, Rose McGowan, Liev Schreiber, and Ben Affleck. More Rose McGowan. Oh, the cast. Yes. I've never heard of this movie nor seen it. So, Phantoms. Yes. I'm so excited. We'll We'll get into all that next week, guys. As always, thank you for tuning in. And Ben Affleck. We love you so much. Live by night. So get on get there. back to us. We want to live by night. Live by night. We'll see you there. Yep.